someone else's journey is our lesson. We used to say, the difficult we do immediately, the impossible just takes a little more time. Someone else's lesson is our gift. I believe part of our responsibility is really to equip and inspire our students to ask those difficult questions. Be encouraged by the stories that lift us all. I came to Howard because I wanted to be the President of the United States. Somebody saw something in me, and it's my duty to be that person for somebody else. Now, join Dr. Wayne Frederick, President of Howard University, and his guest on The Journey. Many call her a broadcast pioneer. As a respected leader in the newsroom for more than four decades, she has been a trusted voice for progress in our community and has been an award-winning advocate for women and minorities. Her work has helped define television news for a generation of news anchors. Hello, I'm Dr. Wayne Frederick, and my guest today on The Journey is a 2017 recipient of an honorary doctorate from Howard University, veteran broadcaster Maureen Bunyan. Welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Doctor. So you were born in Aruba, the eldest of three daughters. Tell me what that was like in terms of what you can remember prior to migrating to Milwaukee at age 11. <laughs> Uh, well, my parents were from Guyana, and uh, they grew up in Guyana when it was a British Guyana, uh, a British uh, colony, and um, my father always wanted to come to the United States. He could not come at the time that he wanted to when he was a young man, uh, and so he took an opportunity in the 1930s that Aruba offered to many people, which was the opportunity to work in the uh, big oil refinery that uh, Standard Oil had built there in the late 1930s. And the reason this was such a, a momentous thing for my family and many others, especially in the Caribbean, was that uh, these were this was a place to go, and these islands were places to go, including Jamaica, Trinidad, and others, where you could get a job. Mm -hmm. You did not go looking for a job. You went because there were jobs. So my parents were part of that group. And they went to Aruba. Um, they both worked in the refinery. My Actually, my mother was a nurse in the refinery hospital. My father was an electrician. Uh, but they always uh, wanted to come to this country. And... Um, so when he had the chance to get a job in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, he took it. And uh, growing up in Aruba at that time was, of course, much, much different than people know it today. <laughs> there were no hotels. There was no beach life. Uh, there was no, um, you know, there were no big restaurants and things. I think there was one tiny hotel, uh, and there was no big airport. So it was a very simple life. The good thing about it was, of course, it was and is a beautiful place. <laughs> the people, very, very warm, very mm -hmm. nice. And the fact that uh, the education system was right. good. Right. So you moved to Milwaukee, <clears throat> um, and obviously very different weather, uh, very different culture. What was adjusting like? People talk about networking today okay. and what a fantastic phenomenon this is. Uh, there's really nothing too complicated about networking. It's really talking to people, finding out what they can do for you, and of course, uh, in return, what you can do for them. And my father, in when he worked in the refinery, there were a lot of Americans working there. He made friends with the Americans because he wanted to know more about the U.S. And he happened to make friends with a man who had a friend 
who had a friend <laughs> in Milwaukee. And so my dad applied for a job, uh, you know, sight unseen, no, no fantastic, you know, flying up there to get a, to do an interview or anything. And he somehow got this job and announced to us, we're going, we're leaving. Uh, we had no idea where we were going or what we were, <laughs> how we were going to live. So we, um, when we got to Wisconsin, actually came in the fall of, of, of that year, um, we weren't prepared for the weather. <laughs> and that's not a cliche. That's <laughs> a true thing. Uh, I think my mother got us some raincoats, uh, thinking that that was enough to right. wear in a snowstorm. But we adjusted quickly. We moved to Wisconsin at a time when, uh, and into Milwaukee also, at a time when um, there was, and I'm afraid there still is, a lot of racial segregation. Mm. And... Uh, that was one of the things that we had to get accustomed to. Right. You're listening to The Journey. My guest today is Maureen Bunyan. I'm Dr. Wayne Frederick. So, obviously, you get there, you adjust to weather, culture. What drew you to journalism? I uh, was always very interested in, in public affairs, contemporary affairs, news, um, I was also very interested in uh, literature, writing, and also very interested in public speaking. Uh, my father was a public speaker. Uh, I got into debate. I was in uh, debate in high school. Um, I got into um, a lot of um, extemporaneous speaking mm. and also in drama. But I loved extemporaneous speaking. I guess I'm still doing it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I started realizing that first it was a great way to express oneself, second you could use your brain, mm -hmm. and third you could have an influence on other people by what you told them. Okay. So uh, that fascinated me and I also got fascinated when one day I entered a contest in Milwaukee put on by the American Legion and the contest was to write a speech about why you are happy, why you are glad to be an American. And the prize was, I believe it was $300. And I entered the contest. I wrote my little essay. I you know, gave the speech in front of the American Legion in Milwaukee. And I got the, I won the oh, prize. Oh. I thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> I can write, speak, and get money for it. So this is, <laughs> this is That's that was a, a, a real awakening. Uh, but also, I realized uh, from from my high school experiences and from uh, my college experiences that the ability to express oneself is so important. It's a basic of human behavior, and also the desire to inform people and to um, influence people in positive ways also is a human basic. So you attended the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee where you got a BA in English and Education and then attended Columbia University Grad School of Journalism and subsequently Harvard Grad School of Education where you got a master's degree. Breaking into television m must have been difficult at the time you did it. And I'm sure, as all our listeners know, you're often described as a pioneer for that very reason. You're one of the first faces of color that people saw consistently on their TV screens. What was that like? I would not be here if it weren't for um, the uh, persistent 
and uh, very challenging years of the 1960s. And I say persistent because the 60s culminated in our country, this country, in um, the coming together of the forces of good, meaning uh, people who wanted to uh, make sure that this country was on a course to equality and, and, and equity, uh, and the forces of bad, uh, people who said, no, we don't need to have an equal, uh, equitable society. We don't need to uh, integrate people of color and our, into our jobs and into our neighborhoods, etc. We who were who wanted to go into media, there were tremendous obstacles. Uh, the first was, of course, that there was no legal impetus to get us in. Uh, the there was no EEOC. Uh, there was no federal government uh, push. The corporations and, co and companies, media companies, uh, you know, they saw no need for us. And without the revolution in the cities, really, and the, the, the subsequent violence in the cities, without the subsequent effort by President Johnson uh, to create the Kerner Commission report, without the Kerner Commission report, and without, obviously, the sacrifices of a lot of people, uh, we wouldn't have these jobs. Hmm. I wouldn't have had a career. Uh, so I trace my entire career back to those momentous days in the 1960s. Then, as the 60s came to an end, and as the Kerner Commission report came out, and the Kerner Commission report, of course, said... One of the basic reasons why we have so many problems with race in this country was because the interests of people of color were not expressed and presented through the mass media. The mass media had ignored us, and they couldn't ignore us after and when uh, people were out on the streets mm -hmm. screaming and, and, and protesting and uh, uh, Unfortunately, you know, violence was, was subsequent to that. They could not erase that. So they needed to have, the media needed to have people of color in repertorial jobs as well as in newsrooms of all sorts to help interpret what was happening in the black community. So we had to walk this line of many people in, in the minority community looking at us and saying, uh, whose side are you on, quote unquote, mm -hmm. And people in the white community looking at us and saying, oh, whose side are you on, <laughs> quote unquote. But the thing that I think kept us going was the fact that we felt we had a mission. We felt we had stories to tell. Yeah. And we wanted to tell it to whoever would listen and in whatever means we could find. Now, <clears throat> I think that brings up a couple of things. One is that you would have found one of the founders of the National Association of Black Journalists in 1975 and your persistence after that need seemed to go away of the crises in the 60s, you persisted for decades, which means that obviously the quality of what you were doing is what won the day. With that in mind, as you reflect on such a long and storied career and you look at today's circumstances where journalists are under attack, the press is under attack, um, from the highest office in our land. What is your advice to young people, and what is your perspective about what's taking place today? 
I still have the same values that I did in the 60s and the 70s when I started my career. I think setting your values is number one. Uh, it, without that, you cannot make decisions. You cannot plan your career if, if it's possible at all to plan anybody's <laughs> career. Uh, you cannot... Um, have a background and a backdrop in which to live. Uh, setting your values is like having a place to live, physically having a place to live. And then number two, uh, I think showing up every day. I think that's discounted as a as a part of a value system, but also part of a commitment to yourself. If you have invested in a in a education. A formal education. If your parents invested in, in in helping you get good primary school, good secondary school, and you're now off to a career, you owe your parents, your community, the responsibility to show up at that job or that place of business every day and do the best you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not hocus pocus. That's not some, you know, pie in the sky thing it's a very simple thing getting out of bed (laughs) getting dressed and going and giving the best you can uh and once you get into that once once that becomes part of your system you just do it after you do that or when you do that you start to really you open i think your eyes open and you start to feel relaxed so i think commitment that's that's number one uh that helped me a lot because i made a commitment and even when people said, oh, well, you know, you don't belong here or you should try that or whatever, that was fine. Mm-hmm. They could say that. But I knew myself and my commitment. Thanks for being here. My guest today has been Dr. Maureen Bunyan, who now has an honorary doctorate from Howard University. I'm Dr. Wayne Frederick. Please join me next time on The Journey. You've been listening to The Journey with Dr. Wayne Frederick on the Howard University Radio Network.